0: had so far. It's good to see you. And if you're listening on the podcast, we're so glad you're listening. We've got some great statistics about that. So um, we we appreciate our listeners and subscribers. And we'd love to see you on a Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning. But please check us out on social media at New Life Press Week to find out what's coming up, um, because we've got lots going on. But as Pastor Jim uh, mentioned, if you went here last week, uh, it was our heart for the house offering day, and Pastor Jim unpacked that a little bit. But what you might not have known is that Pastor Jim was actually very ill on Friday he was not well, Um, so I went into full on panic mode, um, because I thought, well what if he's not okay for Sunday, there's no one else to preach, so I I started to try my best to prepare a heart for the house message, um, and thankfully Pastor Jim was okay, and he preached a great message last week, so we're thankful for that, but then I wasn't supposed to be preaching this morning, but I've tried my best to tweak what I feel that God put in my heart for last week towards Serving. But what happened on Friday is I was in full-on panic mode. I got my dad home because I didn't want him driving home himself. So we got him home, got back to Presswick was thinking, what on earth am I going to say? No idea. So I, I went on YouTube and I looked at other churches, Heart for the House stuff, and thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I have no idea. We can't. I can't do that. So then I went and played football because I'd already organised to play football. And my football team that I was in lost seven six, so that didn't really help matters. So I, was, I went home and I just started to worship God and I was like, God, I need you to speak through me like I always do anyway but God I'm like I'm so out of my depth here and I feel like God really placed a a word in my heart and I'll try my best um, to share it this morning as we look at a new theme we look at embrace serving in the month of February and this morning you've already heard how great it is to serve on some of our teams you've heard how Jesus is a servant king so really if you've not been blessed so far even through the worship um, then this makes my job a little bit easier But what I did notice when I was doing this research is God is doing amazing things all across the world. That God is moving and God's church is still being built and his kingdom is still being extended. And so I encourage you, because I had a choice to, when I was watching these videos and presentations, I had a choice where I could have shrunk back and thought, God can't do that. Or I can just get a little bit excited and think, God, you're the same God who's doing things all across Europe and all across the world. You can do it here. And I started to get excited and decided this is the year where we can grow. Forward, but I was drawn to, it when I was praying, First Chronicles chapter 22, and it will come up in, on the screen. And it reads this, it says, Then David, this is King David, said, This will be the location for the temple of the Lord God, and the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings. Then it says, So David gave orders to call together the foreigners living in Israel, and he assigned them the task of preparing finished stone for building the temple of God. David provided large amounts of iron for nails, that would be needed for the doors and the gates and for the clamps. He gave more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided innumerable cedar logs for the men of Tyre and Sidon Had brought vast amounts of cedar to David. David said, my son Solomon is still young and inexperienced. And since the temple to be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world, I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. Then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord. The God of Israel, my son, I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. David told him, but the Lord said to me, you have killed many men in the battles you have fought, and since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I will give him peace with his enemies and in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father and I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you and give you success as you follow his directions in building the temple of the Lord your God. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that you may obey the law of the Lord your God as you rule over Israel. For you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or lose heart. I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord, nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver, and so much iron and bronze, bronze, sorry, that it cannot be weighed. I've also gathered timber and stones for the walls, though you may need to add more. You have a large number of skilled stonemasons and carpenters and craftsmen of every kind. You have expert goldsmiths and silversmiths and workers of bronze and iron. Now begin the work and may the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to assist Solomon in this project. The Lord your God is with you, he declared. He has given you peace with the surrounding nations. He has handed them over to me. And they are now subject to the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary of the Lord so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. And we'll stop there. Now you might be here this morning thinking, what on earth has that got to do with servant?" And I love King David, not because he's got a great name, because I'm also called David, but I just, I love King David's heart. Was David perfect? No, far from it. But he just had a great attitude and a great heart. He is my favorite biblical character apart from Jesus. I mean, the apostle Paul's pretty close, but David just edges it for me. And if we were to do a biography of David, if you don't know, we first hear of King David when he's not King David at all. We find him in 1 Samuel 16. And what we find is, Israel had a king called Saul, but Saul was a bad king who turned his heart away from God. And God decides, you know what, Saul, your descendants aren't going to be kings, so Israel has to find a new king. So he sends his man on a mission, his 007, James Bond Samuel, um, to go and basically anoint a son of Jesse. And so we find David, his brothers getting dragged one at a time, and Samuel's like, surely this must be the one. And God says, basically, nah, 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 you're looking at the outside but I'm looking into the heart. But David's not even thought of by his dad. He's out there looking after the sheep. And then what basically happens is Samuel gets to the end of the brothers and David's still out in the field. He's like, surely there's somebody else. Have you got any other brothers? And then Jesse, the dad, kind of goes, well, well, there's David, but he's like out looking after the sheep. And so David comes in and God speaks to Samuel and says, you know what, he's the one, he's going to be the next king. And David is this incredible moment in the presence of his family where he's anointed as the king, the next king of Israel. But then the very next moment, David goes back out to his sheep to look after the sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had just been told that I was going to be the next king, I would probably not be going after some sheep. I would be walking about thinking, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. But that wasn't David's attitude. And I think it's because David had the heart of a servant. And I think it's because he had the heart of the servant that God chose him to be the next king. You see, people can see what you do, but God sees who you are. And the reality is that, my first point this morning is that if you really, really want God to use you in life, and you might have promises in your life, like David was promised he was going to be the king. But if you want to see the fulfillment of those promises, if you want to get the crown, then you have to learn to serve the sheep. Or as I like to call it, if you want to get the crown the yeah, you'd better look after the sheep. You see, I think that David had a heart for God. And when you've got a heart for God, it's impossible not to have a heart for his house. Because God cares about his house. And if we had continued in David's life, he just goes from service level to service level to service level. Because he goes from serving the sheep to killing a giant to being the worship leader before he ever becomes the king. But during that process, the other king tries to kill him numerous times. But David had such a servant heart and an honor in heart that he was like, do you know what? I'm going to serve you anyway, even if you're trying to kill me. Even if you're not going to repay me the way you wanted to. And I think that because he had that heart, God just began to increase his stature. He began to increase his influence in the world. I think David understood that honor and serving really go together. Serving is putting other people above yourself. Because it would be easy to just come and not do anything. I mean, we hear about the great things in serving, but actually when you serve on the media, the reality is the media team don't get any credit for when things go well because it just happens, but all of the blame when it goes wrong. (laughs) Like we don't often hear people, we always say, oh, what a great song that was from the worship team. That was a great one. But we don't always say, great job making sure the words were correct great job playing that video why and it's not a criticism because i don't really do it either but it's because it's a bit inconvenient because you're having to think about so many things but i believe that when we come with the heart to say you know what? i'm going to put others before me that's when god moves and that's really what serving is all about and i think that david understood that but i also think jesus understood that as well Because if we read in Luke 14, and we're not going to read it for time's sake, but Jesus is invited to this meal. And basically everyone in this area is trying to fight over the seats of honor. They're basically trying to sit at the top of the table. And they're all fighting over it. And Jesus is just looking at it. And then he makes these comments to say, it's actually better if you start in the lowest seat. Because actually if you sit in the lowest seat, then you can only get... Whereas if you sit in the seat of honor, then someone who's more honorable comes, you'll get moved down. And Jesus is not saying, because again, people see what you do, but Jesus and God sees who you are. So when you come up and you actually say, I'm gonna put other people first, then God elevates you. And it's because he sees your heart. If you, do, if you serve so you can get a promotion, then you're never gonna get a promotion. Because that's not really God, how God works. God chooses the people who are faithful in the small things, who then he increases them and gives them larger things. And seven's really just putting other people above them. But I think Jesus was really saying, if you want to get the crown in the seat of honor, then you have to put the sheep first. But anyway, back to Chronicles, and David wants to build this temple. And this is where it gets a little bit unfair. Because you may have noticed it, and if you don't know the story, David wants to build a temple for God because he's in his palace one day and he realizes, I've got this amazing house, but God is living in a tent. That's not good enough. But I didn't read this part of the story, but it's not God's idea for David to build God a temple or a church, like a modern day church building. It wasn't God's idea, it was David's idea. So David has this great idea to build this, in our context, let's build an amazing church building where loads of people can come to worship God, because you notice that it wasn't about, let's make me look great. It was all about God's glory and including people in, which is really what we're trying to build here. But then God says, do you know what, David? This is a great idea. Guess what? You're not going to be the one who does it. Have you ever been there where it feels like God's been a bit unfair? Or have you ever been there where You've done something wrong and you have to deal with the consequences, but it kinda sucks. I know I have when I've got things wrong and it's just rubbish. And I bet you David had to wrestle with this. Where, well, do you know what? This was my idea, I'm not gonna do anything. Solomon can just get on with it himself. And I'm sure he wrestled with it, because he was human. If you read a lot of David's Psalms, he was very human. And I'm sure he wrestled with this. But then he made a decision, do you know what? And I think he realized something that I maybe didn't realize the first time I read the story, is he realized that when I have a dream and my dream's about me, then it's not really worth having. But when I have a dream and I put it in God's hands, then God's able to do more with my dream than I could ever ask, think, or even imagine, like Scott said earlier. And I've got sympathy for David because yes, he messed up, no doubt about it, but it was his idea. But David's response is, well, do you know what? I might not be the one who builds the temple, but I am going to serve Solomon the best way I can. So I'm going to make sure he's got the best workers. I'm going to make sure he's got the best materials. I'm going to make sure he's got all the resource and finance that he needs. And beyond that, I'm going to give him plans for how it can work out. And I'm going to give him the best advice of all, which is, hey, if you obey God, you'll be successful. If you seek God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, basically if you give all you are to him like we sang in that song by Lauren Daigle, if he takes every failure and he takes every victory, then guess what? You'll be able to do something that goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. David created the plans, workers, he got everything together and then he gave Solomon the instructions. Because I believe that embracing, serving and having a heart for the house means that we give ourselves as a living sacrifice. Seven is putting other people first. Whatever it costs, count me in. And for me, embracing is the exact same thing. See, I get the honor of being the youth pastor. And I'll be honest, I don't know how much longer I will be the youth pastor, I'm not going anywhere, I've no intention of going anywhere, but I know that I won't be it forever. And I was in a meeting with other youth pastors and this thing we're going to tonight, the issue Youth Worker, uh, worship night i've got the honor of working with other churches and we were going through the list of churches that are involved and they read them all and they got to new life press week and i went whoop whoop and then one of them remarked i love how passionate you are about your church and i says well i am why because i have a heart for this house not because i'm brilliant but because i have a heart for this house because this is my house and don't get theological on I me mean, i know it's god's house and he's building it but this is my church And I am passionate about my church, just like everyone I think should be passionate about their church, and there's only one church, which is the capital C Church, but this is the expression of our church. And I was thinking about this, and I'll be honest, I responded to Jesus and gave my life to Jesus in this church. I was baptized in this church. I was filled with the Holy Spirit in this church. I met my way through this church. I was married in this church. Years ago, I went to Go Kids in this church. Then I went to His Kids in this church. And I was too old by the time it became Next Generation and Rise Kids. But I went to, I remember the first ever youth we went to was Something on Sundays, which was a terrible name. (laughs) But it was that, I can't even remember. And we were called the Ayrshire Scottish Egypts or something. It was our team name. That was our tribe. But it was Something on Sundays. And then we became Reloaded. And then became Revolution. Then we became The Hill. And now we're Rise Youth. And I, because I love this church, I served on the tech team, it was the first team I got to serve in, which was the acetate in the corner, with the big box, where you had to basically, there was no search bar, you had to just go and find it, and if they came out at the chorus, and it was in the first line, you had to try and sing the song in your head really quickly, and then you would put it in the wrong way, and the words would come up backwards, but that was the first experience of the tech team, then we got a computer, which did freeze on every second verse, and then eventually we got a Mac, and I thought, my time on the tech team is done, I've won my victory but I've been serving on the car park team in here which was great fun because you would be out in all weather saying welcome to church it's great to see you and Gary and I loved it and it was amazing I've been able to serve on the kids team believe it or not a long time ago Um, but there was something called nothing sweeter as well with Alan who led it and we got to go places I've been on a mission trip through this church to Austria which was incredible I promise you if you look at the pictures it looks like we didn't do much mission but I promise you that we did. (laughs) To be honest, it's not, and I've also got the honor of being preaching this morning. I've got the honor of being in a worship team. Why? Because I love this house. I've made a decision that I've embraced serving in this house. And I don't say this to glorify me because the only reason I serve is because of Jesus' example and the difference he's made in my life. And I made a decision when I was younger that I'm going to ask myself a question. If I can do something about it, I'm going to say yes. If I can do it, Yes. If I can't do it, then sometimes I'll try. And but, but my heart is just, yes. Can I serve? Yes. And I'll be honest, I used to find it quite cheesy when people have in their house, you know, like some people put pictures up in their house and some people put scriptures and it was, as for me in my house, I will serve a lot. I always thought that was a little bit cheesy when I was younger. To be honest, I thought, oh, how cheesy. But as I've grown up, I've realized the power in that statement that says, you know what? Regardless of what people around about me are going to do, you can do whatever you want. You can serve, you can not serve. But as for me, I will serve the Lord. And as for, the, as for hopefully my wife, we will serve the Lord. As for the future generations that come afterwards, I'm making a decision that we will serve the Lord. And I'm speaking that over my future. Why? Because I have a heart for this house and really I just want to embrace serving. We want to build a church that the community can't do without. And I have a heart to see us reach, inspire, serve, and equip. Seven so important to us, we put it in our purpose. And I think it's just about putting God first. Seven's about putting God first, and it's also about putting other people first. We sometimes sing a song called Back Where I Belong. And the second verse or the third verse reads, build your church and build your kingdom here. For this cause, I'm giving up my life. Because actually, whenever we serve and embrace serving, it looks in the natural like we're giving up something. But Jesus says if you want to find your life, you have to give it up. And I'll be honest, the joy I get from serving is unbelievable. I love enthusiastically. Embrace was to do something enthusiastically. Like, Gary and I were the two most enthusiastic people in the car park. Were we the best at it? Probably not. (laughs) But we were just really enthusiastic about it. And actually we have a great car park team and we're so thankful for them. But the cry of my heart is if I can say yes, I'm going to say yes. If I can do something about something, I'm saying yes. Because the reality is in life there'll always be a reason not to. There'll always be an excuse for not serving. There'll always be a reason not to. Because believe me, I've used them all in my 27 years. I'm not the be all and end all when it comes to serving. There's been times when I've made excuses but I want to pose this question to you as we look at embracing seven, this one. Ask yourself, is that something I could do? Just say yes. Why? Because when we embrace seven, we're able to build a church the community can't do without. In this passage with King David, he, it covers finances, planning and strategy. It involves materials, equipment. It covers timing and it involves instruction. And maybe you can't do all those things. We had a for House offering. And maybe finances are something that you can't give. But maybe you've got skills that could help us reach Inspire 7 Equipment. Maybe you've got stuff that's equipment that we could use for some of the stuff that we outwork this year. That you could just give to be used to outwork it. And we're not ageist, as Anne said. It doesn't matter what age you are, but maybe... Maybe you're part of the older generation who you just, you can't be involved in teams for health reasons or anything like that, but you've lived a life where you can give instruction to us younger generation and pass on what you've learned so that we can be better. Why? Because we have a heart for the house and we want to embrace seven. And as I was thinking about this passage that is David and to be honest... David's coming to the end of his life, and for the purpose of this analogy, it's not a literal thing, but a generational thing. But I was thinking about this, and David's getting to the end of his life. And he knows it's time for Solomon to take on, and David knows that actually this serving that he's doing, he's never going to see the fruit of it. He's never going to see it happen. And I was thinking about, there are some heroes of the faith who have gone before us, who are my personal heroes and it might not be theologically correct, but I hope you hear what I'm saying, is that heaven's better for their presence and earth is worse because they're not with us anymore. They're absolute heroes who, they took literally this, I lay down my life for this cause. And I think of people who laid down everything. They were like the Davids of their time where they won, They served their generation and they fell a, sleep, and they went to be with the Lord, but they set up the next generation to win. I think of my, and I was thinking about my grandparents and my papa especially, who was a personal hero of mine, and he had an influence on Pastor Peter coming here initially, and I think how differently my life might have turned out if he hadn't had a heart for this house, if he hadn't a heart that said, I'm going to serve." and my grand, who opened up their homes, who drove people to meetings, who just said, you know what? This is bigger than me. I'm gonna put God first and I'm gonna put other people first. And they invested that into my father. And then my dad who's my personal hero and I see his heart for the house and I've got, I've got the benefit of being his son and I appreciate that. So I get to see things that maybe you guys don't because of the relationship that we have. But he's someone who's made a decision that I'm gonna lay down my life because I'm embracing and because I want to see the next generation. One. And there is no one, I can guarantee you, there is no one who loves this house. There is no one who serves this house more than Pastor Jim. So please honor him. <clears throat> like I guarantee you, and he's modeled that for me and for others. But the reality is, this might sound like a weird statement, but Pastor Jim's a different generation from me. Kind to make sense, he's my dad. And this is what I mean by my analogy. There's gonna come a time, and thankfully it's gonna be a long time away, where he's gonna be the King David who has got dreams to see this church going beyond what it is right now, building the church so that the community can't do without, because that's the reality, that's every community that we try and impact. And he's gonna come a time where, and we're all gonna have a time, we're the Davids and we the Solomons passing on to the next generation, whoever that may be. And we're gonna face the same choice that David had. We're actually, do you know what, I'm not gonna help them because it's not fair that I'm not gonna to get to see the amazing things that God's gonna do, so I'm not gonna bother. Or we can have the heart of David who basically says, do you know what, I might not see this promise coming true. I might not see the fulfillment of the vision that's in my heart and my dream but I'm gonna make sure that you've got the best that I can give you. Well, I'm gonna give you the best instructions. I'm gonna make sure you've got the best materials. I'm gonna make sure you've got the best. Why? Because I want to see future generations impacted. Why? Because we want to build a church because this isn't about us. us. This is us building the platform. It's We want to see people encounter Jesus. We want to see people's lives transformed by the power of Jesus. We want people to be belting out the songs like by his name and in his freedom, I am free. But we can make a choice to shrink back because you know, I don't want to Seven. and that's absolutely fine. We love you and appreciate you. That's the great thing about this church is we don't force you. We don't hold a gun at your head and say, if you don't serve, we're kicking you out. That's not really what our heart is. It's true, we don't. But, but I want to ask a question, what kind of example do we want to set for future generations? Because I don't know about you, but I want, to, on my tombstone, that David served, I know it's written about him, but I want it to say David served his purpose and his generation and he fell asleep. I want to make sure that the, person, the youth pastor coming after me whenever that may be, I want to make sure they're further on the journey than I am, because people have done that for me. The worship team can come up, and if that's okay, I'm almost closing, The reality is, I've got the honor now of being involved in our local high school, Presswork Academy, as a chaplain, which is an incredible, it's incredible to be honest, and it's completely gone. But the reason it happened is because there was another youth worker who didn't come to our church called Craig, who he had basically, he worked really hard for years and years and years and years and years. And 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 he plowed away and he plowed away and he plowed away and he plowed away and he plowed away. And then came the moment where he was gonna be moving on and he needed someone to basically continue the good work that he did. done. And so I've had the honor, now I've been involved in the chaplaincy team at Presswick Academy. I get to go in and speak at assemblies to young people. I get to work with teachers. Why, because I'm great, no. But because someone else laid down under the site in life and made a decision, I'm gonna embrace seven, So that someone coming after me can just continue on the work that they're doing. Because this morning, as I close I think as I close I was reminded of the apostle Paul's words when he was coming to the end of his life and he was talking to Timothy and he basically was describing to Timothy do you know what I've run my race I've ran in a way that I wanted to win I've kept my eyes focused on what was coming next and now it's your turn Timothy I'm running my race to serve my God and to serve his people so that other can come and experience his goodness and his grace and his love. And I'm looking out at the room and I would say we're all Pauls because there's always going to be people coming after us and I want us to run away in a way that we keep our eyes fixed on the prize, which is always Jesus, but it's about setting up other people to come on this journey with us. It's about trying to reach people where they're at, which is why we're doing a Rise Recovery group. Why? Because we want to reach people where they're at. That's why we do youth. That's why we do kids. Because we want to reach people where they're at. Why are we going to two services? Because we want to reach people where they're at. Why we're we doing some new crash and wave stuff? Because we want to reach people where they're at. And that takes us to serve. And so I want to pray this morning that we'll embrace seven. And we can we all stand if that's okay? Because the only reason we really to do service is because Jesus came and He served us. He laid down his life and put others first by picking up a cross as we've heard this morning. But then three days later he got back up again. And now he's seated high above the heavens and we can step into his forgiveness and his freedom. And this morning as I close I just want to give us a chance to respond to him. Because really that's what it's all about. is coming to Jesus and allowing him to transform us from the inside out. So if you're in here this morning and You've just never stepped into Jesus' forgiveness. You've never accepted his service and his sacrifice on that cross. And you just want to say yes to him. I want to give you a chance to do that and then I'll close in prayer. But if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to count down from three to two to one. And at one, if you can slip your hand up just so I can see it and then we'll pray. And close. That would be great. Three, two, one. Father God, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're with us and God, I thank you that you had a heart to serve us. Father God, I pray, Father, that we'll all just be willing to keep faithfully serving or maybe start to embrace serving again. Father God, I pray that we'll be willing to later our life, whatever it takes, Father God, for us to build a church that this community can't do without. So that we can reach more people for your name and for your glory.